welcome to Exploring Your Story with Rachel Kaysen. Today we're going to look at part four of a series of Exploring Stories, where we've been looking at our favourite stories, what they tell us about our own story. We've looked at who we are, our characters within our story. And last week we looked at the ways in which we tell our stories and how this can reflect accurately or inaccurately the narrative of our lives. Today, I'd like to ask you about the story to come. What chapters haven't yet been written? I remember when I had my story all mapped out. I knew what I was going to do next, how many years it would take me. I knew I was going to get married and have children and build a career grow a community. I wasn't ever very good at five-year plans, partly because my own early mobility led to a certain distrust of plans coming to fruition. But I knew the trajectory and I knew where I was going to go and the shape of my life. There's often a meme or, or quotes going around the internet inviting us when we can see that our lives haven't quite gone to plan, to yell plot twist and carry on. And that seems apt to reflect on. My own story has had a few plot twists. Novelists often talk about stories writing themselves, about setting out characters and then learning about them and seeing what they will do next. Some writers, especially detective writers, always have to have the end in sight, almost need to work backwards from it to make sure all the pieces line up and all the loose ends are are sorted out. But others wait to see what story will emerge. How do you like to approach your story? Do you like to have a plan, a timeline, a contents page with your chapters titled and ordered? Would you like the adventure of not quite knowing what's going to happen next? Perhaps the future is something that frightens you. Perhaps like me, the future never having quite panned out so far is not something that you like to count on. The problem that I found with my planned out timeline was that There wasn't much time spent enjoying the current chapter. I would arrive at a goal, arrive at the next life stage and immediately start focusing on building up to the next one. I didn't stop and enjoy the view. I didn't rest in the current stage, the current chapter. And I wonder how it works for you. Do you find yourself enjoying the view from where you are? Or are you striving for the next peak, the next chapter, the next goal? And what does that striving do to your current perspective? I like goals, I like lists, and I think that goals can be very helpful and very effective in focusing the mind and channeling our energies But 
But when goals are entirely future focused, we miss so much in the present. Now, why would I ask you to consider your future chapters and then bang on about the present? I suppose the temptation can often be to assume that greater happiness lies ahead. And I want to suggest something different, something a bit challenging and maybe unsettling even. But that our future chapters will be written most effectively when we are most at peace with our current place. If I know what it is about the chapter that I am in that brings me joy, peace, fulfilment, stimulation, then I am best placed to move forward into the next. If I can't discern what is wonderful about now, how can I plan for a wonderful to be? Even as I say these words, I can feel my stomach churning because I long for certainty in the future. I like to think of myself as being able to write my own destiny. And the idea of settling in the present and trusting the future is scary. It's really scary to sit in the reality of the lack of control that I actually have on what is, is to come. But what I can control is my response to what is now. And in responding in real time, somehow the future happens. Let's scale this back and see how it can work for us day to day. Today I'm tired. I'm tired because I didn't have a very long night's sleep. I'm tired because I've done a lot of walking and that stresses my joints. I'm tired because I have worked with a number of clients today and as stimulating as that is, I have given a lot of my emotions and I have sat with people in a lot of pain. So I understand why I'm tired. What do I do with that? Do I notice it and carry on? Or do I give myself what I need now? In the past, my tendency would have been to plough on through, do whatever it was I felt needed to be done and catch up on rest once all the jobs were complete. Except you know the end of that story. The jobs are never complete. And rest often eluded me. So what do I do instead? How can I be in my present chapter? I know I'm tired and I can offer myself several things in response to that. I can offer myself compassion and understanding. I can assure myself that it makes sense to be tired. I have not failed by being tired. I am not weak for being tired. I can remind myself of the things I have done that reasonably would take up energy. In this way, I make my story more coherent. 
I make sure that the character I am playing in my current chapter makes sense. And I'm at peace with that character because I make sense. I'm not weak or lazy or irrational. This can be particularly important when managing a chronic illness. If it is not felt by me that it is reasonable to experience the tiredness I experience, the anxiety around my chronic condition will increase. Because if it's not reasonable, why am I feeling it? I have no right to. No right to tiredness and therefore no right to rest. So there's my second response. If it makes sense and it is reasonable for me to be tired, it is reasonable for me to rest. And I can plan rest. I can do rest. I don't have to wait for tomorrow. I can find ways to rest. Now that sounds easy, doesn't it? Except we know that it isn't. There's dinner to be made and children to be sorted out and work to be done. But at the very least, I can give my mind permission to rest. I can give my muscles permission to relax in the chair in which I'm sitting. I can rest in myself. What else can I offer myself in this moment? How else can I be fully in this chapter? I can have compassion. I can have compassion for who I am and where I'm at. Imagine I was meeting myself over coffee. Could I say to myself, as I would a friend who expressed tiredness after a busy day, Oh, that makes sense that you're tired. I'm sorry. I wonder what you can do to replenish. Here, have a slice of cake. The way I would respond automatically to a friend in the same chapter that I am in might ring very unfamiliar as I try and say that to myself. Have you tried this? In your story, how can you be in your present? In your present chapter, accepting fully the story that is being told. Now here's the fun part. What does this do to the future? Well, for me, responding compassionately and in real time to my tiredness gives my tomorrow a much better chance of energy and refreshment and excitement about the day lying ahead. Because I've met my own needs today. Tomorrow will hold less angst because I have not criticised myself today. Tomorrow will be building on my sense of achievement today because I have acknowledged those things I have done that have left me tired. My achievements. Tomorrow will be easier, more fun and more joy-filled if I allow myself those things today. What about your tomorrow? 
How can your tomorrow benefit from the way you treat yourself today? But what about the next day, the next week, the next month? Surely we have to have some sense of the shape of the rest of our story. Well, yes, if that's what we need today. If today I want to have a sense of the next step in my career, then I can gift myself time today to invest in that. Either time planning or financially booking onto a course. Reorganising my timetable to create that little bit of space for growth. Tomorrow starts today. The next chapter only makes sense because it is built on this one. So let's practice together right now. Can you reflect on your day so far? What's brought you joy? Consult your senses. What have you seen that has delighted you? A Facebook video that made you laugh. A painting. A sculpture. Your child's face. What has sparked joy in you and not in the decluttering sense? What have you tasted? What have you tasted that has transported you? For me, there's a very distinctive combination of strong filtered coffee and porridge that takes me straight back to childhood holidays in Nigeria. The explanation for that is rather convoluted, but it involves a large cafeteria and a huge vat of porridge, steaming and delicious. And the smells that would combine in that room. Certain foods take us to wonderful places, places from our stories. Some are new and interesting, some are just pure comfort. What have you enjoyed today? What interactions have excited you? What conversations have you enjoyed? What new thing have you learnt? So many moments. What do you want to take from today into tomorrow? If the sight of flowers in a vase on your table gave you joy today, might they give you joy tomorrow? Is this something that you want to become a regular part of your chapters? Can you plan for that joy to revisit you in future chapters? If you discovered today that you work really well first thing, that's something you can take into your tomorrow. What hurt you today? And what do you want to do about that in your future chapters? What's made you angry or sad? Because those feelings matter too. And they're happening in your now, so we might as well pay attention to them. What do you want to do about those feelings in your future? Are there issues to resolve? Tears to be wept? 
pain to be expressed or just noticed? Do you need to create space for those things in your future chapters as well? There's so many chapters ahead. Each one blank at the moment. Except, of course, for the fact that we often project onto them. We do assume what might happen tomorrow, don't we? Some of our assumptions are joyful, of course. We expect good things, some less so. I recently had a bit of an epiphany about the way that I wake up in the morning. For years, there has been this very pervasive narrative, it's entered family folklore, about the way that I would spend years of my teenage life waking up in tears. I was distraught first thing in the morning. Nobody knew why and I didn't know why. But something about that narrative stuck. And until very recently, when I've begun to rewrite that narrative, that was what I had come to expect. I would wake up and have to prepare myself for the day. I didn't expect the whole day to be awful, but I expected the start of it to be tough. And do you know, I began to tell myself Good things are going to happen today. Something that I know to be true, cognitively, I know that good things are going to happen today. But that little distraught part of me that projected onto that future chapter wasn't so sure. So I've been using this very simple phrase, good things are going to happen today, every morning as soon as I open my eyes, sometimes before. And it's made a huge difference. The panic has quietened. And my story, met in the present fear of the day and reassured in the now, has changed my future. I now believe it and live it. And for the first time in my life, mornings are not awful, which is rather wonderful. What do your chapters promise for you? What are they going to bring? And how can you meet them today? Thank you for listening to this series of Exploring Stories. I'll be back next week with a new series, Looking at Home, and the place that home holds in our stories, and what it means to us, and what we can do to grow it as a concept and to really come home to ourselves. I hope you'll join me for that. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Your Story with Rachel Kaysen.